from MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. When it comes to food, there's nothing quite like the smell and taste of barbecue. Mississippi has its own unique flavor on the barbecue map, and today we'll talk with two institutions that prove just that. E&L Barbecue has been a central Mississippi staple for almost 30 years, and on the coast, the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint has become one of the top destinations in the country for some good old Q. Uh, we want the show to be interactive, as we do each week, so we want you to call in and let us know about your favorite barbecue joint by giving us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 672 7464 or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. When it comes to food, there's nothing quite like the smell and taste of barbecue. Mississippi has its own unique flavor on the barbecue map, and today we're going to talk with two institutions that prove just that. ENL Barbecue has been a central Mississippi staple for more than 30 years, and on the coast, the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint has become one of the top destinations in the country for some good barbecue. Uh, we want to make the show interactive, as we do each week. We love to hear from folks who uh, listen. So call in and let us know about your favorite barbecue joint. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Call us at 877-672-7464, or you can send an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend. Good morning, Kevin. I had an amazing weekend. Of course, it was the Easter holiday, so I hope everybody had an amazing Easter. And I got to hang out with one of my absolute famous, famous people in the whole world. I got to hang out with my lovely grandbaby, and she's actually here with us today. That's right. So we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes. Um, I got to uh, try something new. I was up uh, in upstate New York helping my mom recuperate from some hip replacement surgery, and uh, members of her church were bringing us uh, food every time. One of them was uh, it was an orzo pasta pie. So they had oh, used wow. orzo pasta to make the crust and then had a spinach and a tomato sauce and uh, was the filling. So that was good. And then had sweet and sour lentils. So I'd never had lentils before. Now, that's so funny, Kevin, because you are not going to believe what I did. I actually bought some lentil uh, this weekend, the, re- <laughs> the red lentils. And so I'm excited to make a, a lentil dish this week. That's crazy. So, But there, the orzo pie sounds yummy. Yeah, that was uh, – it was. it's interesting, the um, – they're a very Italian family because the um, the grandson's name is Enzo. Enzo, you gotta say it. You gotta say it with passion, Kevin. You have to say Enzo. But that thing I noticed since my mom, you know, uh, we, we both watched a lot of TV because she's kind of a prisoner in her own home because she's having you know trouble getting around on the walker. She's very mobile, but there are some you know limits to how you can do so. Um, Launched a lot of Food Network, and we both come to the conclusion that they take themselves way too seriously in that. Um, Iron Chef and Shopped and all that, it's it's funny to me that, you know, just the, the how snotty the judges can be. And, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> we were watching one of the Iron Chef shows where 
these famous chefs are competing to be the next Iron Chef, and <clears throat> one two chefs got together and plated their their entry on the same plate. And oh my goodness, uh, the, the Iron Chef should be able to stand on his own. I, you know, this is insulting. Uh, you know, all this sort of thing. And it's just it's fun to watch, but it's just got to the point where it's like this is so funny. And and actually, the other thing is, it seems like. Food Network used to be kind of like Rachel Ray. Hi, I'm Rachel Ray. We're going to make this today, and we watch as she makes it and all this sort of thing. There's still some of those shows, but they've turned to a lot of these competition shows where you have 10 minutes to bake something. Go, you know, and yeah, then yeah. there's all that sort of thing. And uh, it, it, it has changed a lot, uh, Kevin. And uh, what's really amazing to me is that food should never be competitive that way. I mean, I know that there are national competitions and that kind of thing, but when it comes to the reality of everyday food, folk food really is about feeding your friends and your family feeding yourself and having some sense of uh, comfort but believe it or not there are certain communities neighborhoods of uh, foodies who are also very very competitive uh, and it's very tempting for me not to get caught up in some of that you know but food foodies are like artists and fashion designers and it can really uh, chefs you know some of that you know um, can really be kind of interesting uh, you know, they accept you based on whether or not you've gone to culinary school for you know, for some groups of people, you know, what institution are you a part of. And, um, you know, for me, I'm just the girl next door trying to keep it homey, trying to keep it happy, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I give those people credit because, um, you know, they have a limited amount of time. It's usually half an hour to do something. And I'm I'm amazed at how they're able to come up with things. But uh, the other thing, though, the whole competition has gone too far. To me, when it got to Cupcake Wars, I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> But, you know, we've actually had a, a couple of chefs uh, here from Mississippi right. and, um, here as guests as well. Chef Nick Wallace is one of those people. Uh, and we also had Chef um, um, Elizabeth mm -hmm. to come on and uh, Juanita. And she did an amazing job. I think she made it all the way to, like, maybe the second round or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, or to the last round. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really a lot of fun. And who knows? Cooking with Honey and Friends might show up one day. <laughs> <laughs> and to jump in on those shows, we were watching um, uh, the one with Gordon Ramsay and and Junior, oh, yes. Top Chef Junior, and it was actually a, a, a young man from Starkville mm. uh, was was on there, and they were cooking. Uh, oh man, I couldn't call it something I can't cook, but how are you <laughs> seven years old and know how to do all of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shop Junior was the same way. They're like twelve and thirteen years old, and they're doing these complicated cooking things it's you know i'm making a blah, 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 blah. like i've never even heard of that so <laughs> then we also watched a, a pbs show the british baking thing i think it's called but that was kind of funny too because you know they're british and all this sort of thing but that thing was they were out in a tent in the middle of a, like a field or something because they were baking something and all of a sudden it started to rain and they were worried if it was gonna you know n not rise properly or whatever and and just oh chin up Kevin. <laughs> it's just a little bit of rain i mean you can't be so insensitive about those kind of things i mean you know, it's just rain. But uh, I don't know. And, and being a judge on one of those shows must be interesting because you've got to sample everything, whether it's good or bad. And so I would not be a good judge. They, actually, that, I, we were doing a little research on Chop. That show takes 12 hours to film one episode. And they say by the time the judges actually get the food, it's cold. So what they let them do is sample the food immediately after it's cooked and then when they're doing the tasting and things that the food is is cold on their plate so was, i thought that was interesting there's a lot that goes into television uh, that we really don't get to see behind the scenes even filming my own cooking show kevin you know it's it's um uh and even with the rachel ray show 
you, she has a whole set of assistants mm-hmm. and, and uh, food stylists that are there. But it's, you know, shoot, cut, shoot, breakthrough. And then you usually have two or three cameras filming just one shot, Mm -hmm. which is really amazing. So, yeah, it's a lot that goes into television. Well, and plus, you know, I'm always amazed that they always have all their ingredients and little pre-measured things. And they're always just having to do this and that. I'm like, well, gee, you know, I wish I had someone in my kitchen with there (laughs) doing all the prep work for me so I could just, you know, so that sort of thing. Also, and this is totally tangent, but... um, uh, we were watching Wheel of Fortune, and Pat Sajak said a viewer question was, when he does the final spin, how come it never shows up on Bankrupt? And he said, well, if it does, that's we just don't show that part. We retake <laughs> that. Why would we want to show that on the show? So you're right. There is a lot of things that go on behind the scenes on TV shows that uh, we, the viewers, never get to see. So um, Yeah, and I think that that's a, and why, uh, even with reality shows, people don't realize reality show is not reality because it's pre-filmed, pre-fabbed, you know, fabbed, and it's all those amazing things that happen. But but, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to us taking our next step for television, Kevin, so you never know. All right. All except for Survivor. That's totally legit. <laughs> All right. So, as you mentioned, uh, a special guest in studio with us this morning. Say good morning, Dakota. Good morning. So, I have my grandbaby with me. And, of course, you know, it was Easter, and we decided to get together and hang out and bake some things. And so, I uh, reached out to Java to make sure that's okay. But can you tell us what you made today, Dakota? Today, I made snickerdoodles. You made snickerdoodles, and they are absolutely amazing. Well, can you tell our um, radio audience uh, some of the things that you put into your snickerdoodles? I put two cups of sugar and um, snickers and... Um, white chocolate chip cookies. So did you use any eggs? Yes, I used one egg. And do you remember how much flour you put? Two cups. Two cups of flowers. Well, I'm telling you, she's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And so she's she's informed me, Kevin, that uh, when she grows up, the show is not going to be cooking with honey and friends. It's going to be <laughs> cooking with Dakota and friends. But I'm very honored that she likes to hang out um, in the kitchen. And I just wanted to tell her, thank you for hanging out with Grandma this morning. And these cookies are absolutely well, they're, amazing. They're very good. They're quite good. And the funny thing is, I never realized why they were called snickerdoodles until she said that they had snickers. And I'm like, aha, uh-huh, makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, all snickerdoodles are not necessarily formal this way, but it's a quick shortcut to just cut. She chopped up some Snicker bars mm-hmm. and folded it in along with the white <clears> chocolate <throat> chips. And you can add pecans. Of course, it's already got peanuts in it, but it's just a really yummy cookie. And we're really happy to have her here today. Yeah, that's, I mean, the white chocolate chips add a little bit of fanciness to it. And I, Snickers is one of my favorite candy bars. So I, they were they were really quite good. What so. I really loved about the way she did the cookies, instead of being flat, uh, Kevin, she chose to use a mini cupcake pan. Mm-hmm. And so they set up right in and just, the presentation is absolutely amazing. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to teach her, you know, in life. You know, of course, if you're going to prepare some food, presentation is the first way that people eat. So we're excited about that. Uh, Timothy's on the line. has been holding on, wants to share a barbecue uh, story with us. Go ahead, Timothy. You're on the air. Good morning, y'all. Hey, morning. good morning, mm-hmm. Timothy. Good to hear you. Yes, it's a lovely Monday morning, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, I, I was going to Knoxby one time. About three, four years ago, or maybe longer than that, and there was just a little, like, portable building set up on the side of the road with a sign on the side of the hand paint that said BBQ. (laughs) And that's the best. It's on the right-hand side of the road as you're approaching the Noxaby National Wildlife Refuge Mm -hmm. in the south. And, boy, howdy, that was the best I've had in, in Mississippi. Um, best I've had in Texas 
is the, the Green Mesquite on South Congress in, in Austin. I like the influence of the Mexicans on Texas barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, good call, Timothy. Thanks for calling in. You know, that's kind of what's great about barbecue places. That they're usually um, a lot of times attached to a gas station or something, but they're these little small places, and each one has uh, its own distinct uh, flavor. And then the interesting thing, too, is from Texas to Mississippi to North Carolina, some regional differences with barbecue oh, as well. absolutely. From house to house, Kevin, you know, and it's amazing to me. You know, you know, my dad has one of these monster grills. You know, everybody gets really famous on their grill when it comes to barbecue. But everybody has a little bit of different spin, and it, the spin comes on the way that the meat is processed itself. You know, before you even put it on your grill or your smoker, it's whether you're going to grill it or smoke it, you know, so, um, and of course, you know, uh, whether it's oven baked or and I've even seen people pre-boil their ribs prior to, you know, to make them extra tender. So there's just so many different styles. And of course, food purists, when you say pre-boiled, have an absolute fit. That's a no, no, <laughs> uh, you know, but it's it's all of these amazing uh, ways that you can prepare, uh, you know, ribs. And it's the seasonings that you add, the, the, the uh, sauces, all that stuff is important. We need to take a break. When we get back, we'll talk to some Folks from the Shed Barbecue and Blues down on the Gulf Coast. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. We're talking today about barbecue, so share your favorite place for barbecue in the state at 1-877-MPB-RING. The number's 1-877-672-7464. Back with more of the program after this. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about barbecue this morning. We're looking for your favorite barbecue joints in the state. Also talking to two uh, of the uh, well-known barbecue spots in Mississippi. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk to some folks from ENL Barbecue in Jackson. But right now on the phone is um, Brooke Lewis from the Shed Barbecue and Blues joint. Brooke, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning, Brooke. Absolutely. Good morning. It is a beautiful day. <laughs> South Mississippi. All right. Oh, I'm loving this energy. <laughs> My kind of girl. <laughs> so, um, from what I've seen, that the 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 shed has an interesting uh, sort of backstory. So, if you would uh, tell us about uh, how how the place got started. Oh, my goodness. Well, long story short, and I'll tell you what, we couldn't make it up any better. It is a true story. My brother graduated from Old Miss in 2000, and I, younger sister, was in college. And um, he came home and he said, I'm going to open up a barbecue joint. And, you know, up in, up in Oxford, Mississippi, there's a lot of good barbecue, and there's a lot of really good blues joints, too. And so he wanted to open up a concept that was barbecue and blues. And I started out just helping little sister, you know, helping out uh, during the summer break. And we basically opened a barbecue joint on a shoestring budget without the shoestring. And we opened <laughs> up, we were about 330 square feet. 
and we quickly, with supply and demand, um, grew into about 15,000 square feet. We did about 16 expansions in the first year, and wow. as we were expanding, yeah, and as we were expanding the front of the house, we equally were expanding the back of the house and really getting our knowledge and, and our practice on um, producing award-winning barbecue, and we've been doing that ever since, going on 16 years. So time flies when you... Fl- Slinging barbecue. Oh, my goodness. Now, I got really excited when um, I looked down and saw that you guys are using pecan wood as part of the process. We are. We use pecan wood. You know, it's a native tree to Mississippi. And uh, what we try to do is we try to use only trees that have been, um, you know, taken down through, you know, Mother Nature's process. Um, we try our hardest to, you know, after the storms come through, unfortunately, we, we lose a lot of pecan trees. And we've got so many pecan orchards that aren't active in Mississippi that when some of those trees come down, we try to utilize those and get our hands on those versus taking down a good, healthy tree. Um, because, you know, in the barbecue business, we go through a lot of wood. And we love pecan wood because it's, it's a sweet and it's not a real heavy, heavy, smoky flavor. It's a lighter flavor. And it has a little bit of sweetness to it. And pecan is actually um, native and the cousin to hickory. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just a perfect, to me, wood for um, feeding the masses a good uh, level of smoke flavor and a little bit of sweetness to that. Let's go back to how you guys got started. Talk to me about your brother mm-hmm. dumpster diving. So, yes. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. And, um, and, and you know that that is Brad um, all the way. He he's the creative mastermind behind the shed, and he's you know he's always been this this dumpster diver. You know he's he, throughout college he would he would go into homes that they were going to tear down and and um, and then he would you know find stuff on the side of the road and just you know the thrift store and just all sorts of fun little treasures and he started um piling these up and it was from old license tags to you know vintage um cameras to old tacky chandeliers i mean just whatever he could get his hand on and when he came home he brought home all of his treasures <laughs> and that's what we built the shed out of and that's also you know what that's mainly what has contributed to the shed's atmosphere you know our ambiance is you have that feel of a family friendly um juke joint but also with all brad's eclectic um junkadelic guy fieri once quoted when he was there junkadelic style um decor and so we we feel that that's what makes the shed just really one of a kind and it's good to know that that's all legitimate because, you know, you go to a lot of the, the chain restaurants and they have all that stuff up on the wall. And, you know, they probably oh, got it from know. some central, you know, <laughs> processing plant somewhere that's like that's not legit. So it's good to see this is this is the real stuff. So tell us yeah. about Mr. Jim. Oh, Mr. Jim. You know, we we lost Mr. Jim. He was uh, this past year, unfortunately, uh, but he lived a long, beautiful life. But Mr. Jim was our very first shed head very first dollar we took in and that was on a cold miller light um he was he was a beer drinker and, and definitely a dancer he came out every weekend and and danced but i'll tell you in the in the 15 years that we were open mr jim was at the shed every single day and oh, wow. the only day mr jim did not make it to the shed was when his wife miss betty passed away 
Um, and he, you know, he was there every day and he was the door greeter. He'd sit outside with his cold beer and he'd dance to the blues music and open the door for people and, you know, especially the pretty ladies. He'd love to do that. <laughs> and uh, he, he became what we called our shed pimp because he always wore these seven piece, colorful, brilliant, beautiful suits. Oh, wow. And Mr. Jim's best friend, Gus, who's still at the shed every single day, I'll see him this morning. Uh, he got Gus wearing these what we call pimp suits. And, uh, <laughs> and so you would see both of them when you show up. I mean, you can only picture coming to uh, beautiful Mississippi to eat good barbecue and listen to the blues, and you walk up to this really eclectic, you know, shed, and uh, and you've got two older gentlemen sitting there with huge smiles opening the door for all the ladies, and they are in full seven-piece pimp suits. And when I say bright colors, I mean blues and oranges and oh, wow. yeah, of course they had a set you know mr jim was proud of his black and gold his paint, <laughs> his paint you know it's nothing like having super fans you know for business and it's like that to be able to have two people who show up every day to add that kind of ambiance to your business is incredible we are we are definitely blessed to have what we call the Shedhead Nation. Um, and you have to enunciate that. <laughs> Shedhead <laughs> Nation. Shedhead, so they don't think you're calling them something else. <laughs> but, um, but we have a Shedhead Nation that is that is unbelievably loyal to to our brand, our concept, our family, and everything that's involved with having a family-run business and a family-oriented business. And I, I don't know what we do without them. And, and they come, you know, wh- whether it's a good Friday night blues band playing, you know, or uh, or some something like a storm that comes through, you know, they, they're always there to support us. So we definitely thank them. And, and I really don't know what we do without our Shedhead Nation. Speaking of Shedhead Nation, can you talk to us yeah. about your award-winning barbecue uh, competition team? Oh, we've got a great competition team. And you know what? Barbecue season, as far as the competition circuit, it is, it's raring up right now as we speak. Um, there's already been quite a few competitions already this year. But, you know, May, June, and July, of course, May is the National Barbecue Month. So that really kicks it off. But May, June, July, um, there's some heavy, heavy, uh, you know, competitions out there across the country that are not only national nationally recognized but internationally and have international teams and one of the biggest ones that we compete in personally is memphis in may and we were honored to win the world grand championship title in 2015 at memphis in may so we were really proud to bring that home to mississippi oh wow i got goosebumps just hearing that (laughs) and you know there's multiple categories with memphis in may we enter whole hog that's what that's what we typically do is whole hog, um, and you know it's barbecue guys are fierce competitors, but at the same exact time they're really really fierce friends. So what I love so much about the barbecue comp- or about the barbecue industry as a whole is it's a huge family. I mean you always hear about restaurant tours and restaurants and you know there's a competitive edge, but with the barbecue industry. They're, you know, it's such a huge family and everybody supports each other. 
But at the same time, if I see you at a competition, I want to kick your butt. <laughs> don't take it personally, right? Yeah, don't take it personally. But if you need it, but if you need some bacon for your entry and you forgot it at home, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a it's a great industry, and, and one of our um and this quote is this quote has been around the country a thousand times. But one of our mentors, and a lot of barbecue guys' mentors, Mike Mills, um, he. Uh, he once said, you don't see the spaghetti people getting together. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's so true. It's so true. And we all get together each year, uh, which just happened two weeks ago in Fort Worth, Texas, at the National Barbecue Association. Oh, wow. And now we've teamed up, and it's the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. And uh, and it's, it is just, you talk about a good time, and you leave there with so much more knowledge than you had before you came, whether it's to help you compete in barbecue or just become a better backyard barbecuer or, you know, operations for your restaurant. There is just, there's something for everybody if they like the world of slow smoking or grilling. So I definitely would check out the National Barbecue Association, uh, their website, their Facebook. It's one of a kind. If, you, if you're into, into slow smoking or fi- fast and fiery grilling like we are, we're talking with uh, Brooke Lewis from the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint. Uh, Brooke, before we get too far into this, uh, tell us uh, where where are you located? We are located on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So we are on Highway 57, Barbecue Heaven in Ocean Springs. All right. Ocean Springs is actually very beautiful, too, Kevin. And you, we were talking about competitions, but about, I guess it's two to three weeks ago, there was a, a large competition right here in Jackson, Mississippi, on Lakeland Drive. And one of our, our guests actually got to be a judge there, uh, Patrick uh, Bradley, the owner of Nothing But Butts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just um, really amazing when to hear him talk about, you know, uh, the things that go into preparing for competitions and how serious it is. I mean, because there is this whole slate of rules for judging that's just really quite incredible. And and it's uh, like our guest is saying, you know, it's, people take this really serious. We love you, but, you know, on that day, don't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brooke, I understand folks can take a little bit of the shed with them with uh, sauces and rubs. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a project we are really, really proud of. Um, we have a line of four sauces. We're about to come out with two more. So uh, that'll be six sauces and three marinades and two rubs. And our sauces and marinades are available on grocery stores, uh, shelves nationwide. We're on about 10,000 shelves. Wow. Um, we started producing and packaging all the sauce right here at uh, what we call the saucery <laughs> in Mississippi. And we also get it. Our co-packer is also a Mississippi company trying to keep it trying to support as many Mississippi companies as we can. And um, so our co-packer is, you know, this morning bottling a bunch of sauce to ship out nationwide and uh, let people get fed by the shed if they can't visit us here at, at our home base. And what we really love about our brand and is that we have, we have a very clean label. And what I mean by that is we have no high fructose corn syrup. We're made with gluten-free ingredients. We're made with non-GMO ingredients. And we're all natural and still taste amazing. And we proved that on the competition circuit with our wins. And um, so we're really, really proud of that line, that product line. All right. So now are your ribs your number one seller at the restaurant? Actually, our pulled pork is. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And our ribs are fantastic. <clears throat> you know, it's, we cook them falling off the bone at the 
at the joint because that's what most people love is nice tender fall off the bone ribs. You'll have to excuse me. The pollen's getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> These days. It's springtime. It's in the air. But um, but so but at the you know at the restaurant we'll we'll cook them falling off the bone and of course the competition circuit is a whole different ball game. You want them a little bit more of a firm bite. But um, but we sell probably as far as by weight by pounds we sell more uh, pulled pork than anything. All right, sounds good. Hey Brooke, thanks for joining us uh, this morning on Deep South Dining. So if you're in the South Mississippi uh, area and you need some good barbecue, you might want to check out the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint in Ocean Springs. Thanks, Brooke. Absolutely. Thanks Thank you. Have a great Have day. Come on and get fed by the chef. All right. <laughs> Need to take a break. When we get back, we're going to talk to uh, folks from another barbecue legend in Mississippi. We'll be talking about uh, E&L Barbecue in Jackson. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Donnie on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about barbecue today. Just visited with um, the folks at the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint in Ocean Springs. And now in studio with us is Elise Ross from E&L Barbecue in Jackson. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so this is the only show on radio we're actually allowed to eat because otherwise that's considered to be quite rude. But there's always such good food here on Monday morning. And you brought in some tasty barbecue for us. Tell us tell us what you brought in. Okay, today I brought in our best-selling uh, item. It's going to be the rib tips with, mm. of course, our famous award-winning barbecue sauce. So that is, like I said, our best-selling item on the menu. Uh, tender, juicy, yummy, and especially with that barbecue sauce, I could eat it either way, with or without. <laughs> so tell us how long has NL been in business? Oh, goodness, over 30 years. Um, we started in Chicago, Illinois. Um, my um, husband's grandparents started it up in Chicago when his grandfather retired from GM. So uh, he started up there and uh, then we moved down here in 19, that was in 1979. We moved down here in 1989 and have been rocking and rolling ever since. Fantastic. Now, what is your bestseller? Is the rib tips the bestseller at the restaurant? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The rib tips and then the fried wings, which are also covered in the barbecue sauce. I've actually had those. Oh, those are some (laughs) of my favorite too. Actually, you guys put uh, barbecue sauce on the French 
fries as oh, well. Oh, yes, and that's, that's a Chicago thing, what I found out. Uh, it wet fries, um, and we sauce on the fries is what we say, but um, I found out uh, when I first started that wet fries is a Chicago thing. So um, when people, when they move down here, uh, people, like, still, when they are new to the restaurant, we say, would you like sauce in your fries? And they're like, what? Sauce on my fries? <laughs> yes, wet fries. If you don't want it that way, that's fine. But I always suggest you trying it that way because it is good. It is a, it's definitely a treat. So tell us about your cooking process. <laughs> okay, so I don't know necessarily if our cooking process is completely unique to our restaurant, but I do know that um, when we started, like I said, up in Chicago, uh, Chicago has an open pit uh, barbecue way of uh, uh, open pit way of cooking barbecue so what that is is we have a huge brick pit um we start a fire underneath we have all the meat up on grates and it's you know uh, most of the barbecue restaurants use what we use um now which is um, a closed fire pit which means that we put wood in the back of it it incinerates the wood and sends the fire and the smoke up into a huge revolving smoker um but what is unique about us is we we put it on that revolving smoker to initially smoke our food. Um, it takes a few hours depending on what uh, we have with the, the tips. That's one of the things that cooks the quickest. Uh, the pork butts is one of the things that takes the longest, uh, about eight hours to cook a pork butt. Um, and then we move it up to our front smoker to give it that extra smoky flavor. And that's like our open pit. And uh, it's got an open fire. It's always going. That's in the front of our restaurant, which a lot of people say is uh, they've never seen before. And again, that's uh, directly from Chicago, um, having that open pit, open fire pit. I'm see, I'm going to make a little funny, Kevin. You know, people always say it's directly from Chicago. But when, if you talk to a few relatives, you'll find out they're actually from Mississippi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they are. They they originally were from Mississippi and moved, yeah, they, yes, moved from Mississippi up to Chicago. And like I said, worked for GM for a long time. And that was their dream to open a barbecue place. So, yeah, they moved back down here um, to, to be back with family. So that was... So what what other sides do you serve uh, other than fries to go along with this delicious barbecue? Well, right now we have a very limited menu in our restaurant menu. Um, we do baked bean, potato salad, and fries. Um, our baked beans are house made with they've been made for the same way for about thirty years now. We have our own secret recipe for that. Um, my mother in law is one of the only ones that knows that recipe, so <laughs> she's one of the only ones that actually <laughs> makes the barbecue baked beans. Um, in the future, we hope to add things that we have on our catering menu now, like a smoked mac and cheese, which is my personal recipe, and it is fabulous. Uh, collard greens, coleslaw, different things like that. So that's what we are hoping to aim for in the future. Fantastic. Now, our guest that spoke to us earlier talked about the fact that they use pecan wood. Is there a particular wood that you guys use when you... It, mostly oak, I believe, um, and that's brought in. We have a, a, a wood supplier. He stops in three days a week and brings us uh, truckloads of wood. So um, that's, uh, again, cut down here in uh, the Jackson area, um, supplied to us by a, a man who is... That, that, that's what he does for his local business is he supplies wood for people so fantastic so have you guys ever entered any uh, national or local contest we have never entered into any contests and um, that's another th reason why I was excited to get involved with ENL because we have a lot of Keith Handy is one of our cousins and um, he's been there for 
oh gosh, a long, long time, but he is our main pit master now, and he has a gift for smoking meat. We smoked a brisket the other day. That thing fell off the bone like I don't even know what it was. I mean, like I could barely cut it. It just shredded. So, um, but I've been wanting to get us involved in more, uh, in, in more competitions. Now, back in the day, we did, I believe that they did do some things, I mean, because they've won Best Barbecue in the state uh, back in the 90s multiple times, um, but we want to get back involved in that because we have a lot of talent. Now, can you tell our listeners where you're located? Yes, um, we are located down in Midtown. Um, it is uh, right off of Fortification on Bailey. Um, so when you go down Fortification, you go over the bridge and the railroad tracks, we take a right on Bailey and we're right there on the left. And I think you mentioned the the uh, wings also, and if I remember, that, that, those are some big, big oh, wings. What I've been told, they're dinosaur wings. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do you get those special? I mean, I've, I've or just you have some very large chickens, or where do you get the wings from? Well, I mean, that's just a, a supplier thing that we have. We've gone through a lot of trial and error. Um, some of the suppliers that we have had have sent too big of wings, which if they're too big, takes too long to cook, and they don't cook very well. Too small, they get too dried out, um, and so we have found um, we found that this supplier is just the perfect size. They send us great size wings. They're big, but not too big to where they don't cook well. And so, uh, so you said those were fried. Do you also uh, smoke chicken? We do smoke chicken. Yeah, our half chicken is smoked. I love our smoked chicken. So um, it, it's going to be a half chicken with white meat and dark meat, which you can get the whole half chicken if you want to, or you can get a two piece white or two piece dark. Speaking of smokes, talk to us about your sausage, girl. Oh, girl. Okay, so <laughs> the hot links, and I have had so many people. We love the hot links. They are so spicy for me, but we love them. Um, they are also a house recipe. Um, it's it's a lot of fun because we take our tip meat, um, we send it through the the sausage grinder, we put it in uh, sh- sheepskin, and um, with our special blend of spices. Now, every time that I've come to ENL, even though I've had the wings, I, I really the 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 ribs are okay, Kevin. But what I really want when I go there is I really want to get you guys hot links, a yes. nice link in a bun, a little sauce on it. Can I get some sauce on my fries? Absolutely fantastic. Yes, and we love our hot links. We love it. We get a lot of requests to do mild links, but uh, that part of that would take away from. The, the name of the hot links. I mean, you know, they are spicy, but um, they are so good. And I, I don't like spice, but every now and then I have a craving for a hot link. And th- you, you have to say spicy, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Gino Lee from the Big Apple Inn, uh, and he was in with us telling about uh, the pig ear sandwich. Uh, do you sell pig ear sandwiches? We do. And that is another one of our favorites around there. And I personally have never had it because I am not... A big fan of pig ears, <laughs> but I have, we cannot keep them. We cook about 120 pig ears at a time mm-hmm. and we have them for about a week and they sell out and then we have to cook more. So we have people come in and they want five or six pig ears at one time. So the best way to get them, um, the pig ears with everything on them, which is mustard, ketchup and hot sauce. We serve it on toasted white bread. Some people like it with barbecue sauce. Um, again, just a special blend of our spices with a little bit of apple cider vinegar in there. So um, we boil them for about four hours um, in those in the spices, and they are so apparently so good. You know, it's like um, there's there are pigs running around right now, Kevin, and they're going eat more chicken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and then the big winged chickens are saying, no, eat more no, pork. No, eat more pork. <laughs> now, something that uh, perked my attention when you said the sides that you were hoping to expand from the cater list to the restaurant is smoked macaroni and cheese. That sounds really <sighs> good. Talk, talk a bit about that. Okay, so I love to cook for my friends personally. Um, that's something that I enjoy doing. We have friends over almost every Sunday to cook. And one of my favorite things to do and a recipe that I have been tweaking over the past three or four years is my mac and cheese. And I love cheese. Um, anybody who knows me will tell you <laughs> I love cheese. So we have been, um, when I came to the restaurant and started the catering uh, side of it, I decided let me put the mac and cheese on there and hey, let's throw it on the smoker for a little while to give it that smoky flavor. And my mac and cheese is great, but when we put it on that smoker, I, I have I couldn't even, I was like, this is too good. <laughs> I'm feeling emotional. Right now. <laughs> they are so good. And so that's the same thing we do with our greens. Um, we put them in the smoker for a little while, too, uh, to give them a, a good smoky flavor. We start with a tip bone, and when we go from there. So, um, again, you know, it's it's a lot of fun to have those recipes and then to add it to a smoker and to have that smoky flavor to it. So do you guys have uh, in-house sauce that you sell? We, okay, so we have been working on making that a priority. We had um, a supplier that was making our sauce, and we were selling it in, in just regular plastic bottles, and they were butchering our sauce. And so that one of the things with that sauce is that we can't do a lot of quality control when it comes from a company. Um, we That would mean we would have to open up every single box and taste every single bottle every single time. And what we were doing is we were doing that, and we would realize this is this is not our barbecue sauce. Uh, there's something that they have missed out on. Um, and so um, I've talked to my mother-in-law, and she is in... She wants to start selling it again. I said, why are we commissioning it out to a, 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 a supplier? Let's start making it, making it in-house. So we have been doing a lot of research on how to safely bottle it in-house um, so that we can start getting the NL barbecue sauce back out there because we have customers in Memphis, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Chicago, Dallas that would love to have our bottled sauce and I get messages on Facebook all the time can you FedEx me some of your sauce you know (laughs) and so we don't have the ability to do that now but once we can safely bottle it we'll be able to ship it anywhere in the nation. Um, onlyinyourstate.com listed E&L Barbecue as one of the 11 secret restaurants in Mississippi that are well worth finding. And based on the, the ribs uh, tips that you just uh, let us eat there, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, Elise Ross from E&L Barbecue, thanks for joining us. We need to take a quick break on Deep South Dining. We'll wrap up our barbecue show after the short break. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
And welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. It's been a barbecue show today. We've talked to some folks from the Shed Barbecue and Blues Joint in Ocean Springs and also uh, visited with the folks at E&L Barbecue in Jackson, two of the number of places across Mississippi that you can get some really good barbecue. We've got some open phone lines, so for the rest of the show, we invite you to call in and share your favorite barbecue spot. The phone number is one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So in addition, as we mentioned earlier in the studio with us this day, is Dakota, who is uh, Deborah's granddaughter. Dakota, you had some barbecue. Uh, what's your verdict on uh, the barbecue for me and L Barbecue? The barbecue is really, really tender, and I like tender barbecue. <laughs> yeah, it was. And uh, to me, the sauce... Uh, was not overly spicy, but again, just had a little bit of a kick there to where you can taste that uh, when you eat it. But yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, I agree that it's, it was really tender, um, didn't have to gnaw on it there, and, and it was uh, very tasty. And again, uh, I think years ago uh, during our fundraiser, we, they used to help us out with food. And man, those chicken wings, I just remember how big those chicken wings were. So uh, thanks to Elise Ross from E&L Barbecue for visiting with us today. And I'm, I'm like you in Dakota. I like uh, for my ribs to be completely cooked, you know, nice and tender, because for me, you know, like you're going to spend your money uh, to buy product. And then when you look at plates, like if you had a picnic or a barbecue and you gather plates and there's all this meat still left, to me, you didn't do uh, yourself or your guest, you know, a, a real service. So you want to be able to look. And all I want to see left on that plate, Kevin, is tiny bits of gristle. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want left. You know, it's interesting because uh, not just in the South is barbecue popular, but again, I mentioned that I visited my mother in upstate New York last week and there is a Brooks barbecue in their town similar kind of thing it's a huge restaurant always crowded and they uh they opened also their own bottling uh plant on site for their sauce uh but really good stuff i had uh, a half a chicken uh was just really really tender and and they've got some good barbecue sauce oh, the one minor thing i would say on their baked beans were a little bit not bland, but not real tasty. But they had this sauce, and I was thinking to myself, if you just poured a little the bit sauce. of your barbecue sauce in those beans, that would kick them up another notch. But we went uh, for dinner there, went to pick up dinner there one night right at 5 o'clock, and, boy, that parking lot was jam-packed. So uh, when, That's always a good sign. Right. And, you know, when word gets out that there's a good barbecue place in town, I think people just, just know to go there because it's just, it's just such good food. Yeah. I, yeah recently, um, somebody <laughs> speaking of good sign with the parking lot being full, somebody says, oh, they got the best barbecue ever, and we pulled up, and I like there are three cars here. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> We've got uh, Tony on the line from Oxford. Uh, good morning, Tony. Go ahead. Good morning, Tony. Hi. Yes, sir. How are y'all doing? Now, I tell you what, I was listening to y'all show drive headed to Oxford and uh, heard about the shed and Miss Brooke on there. And I just wanted to say God bless the shed and God bless the Lewis family. Oh, All right. wow. That's fantastic. We Early on, it, it, it probably was 14, 15 years ago, I was down there with some surveyors, and we had had a very frustrating day. It was in the wintertime and cold and rain. We were all wet, tired, and it was dark. I mean, I, it was probably close to closing time for the shed. And we knew very little. Basically, they were the only place around that had their lights on. We pulled in. We didn't know what to expect. And if I'm not mistaken, originally they were next to a KOA campground. So we pull up. Here's this little old thing made out of tin and chicken wire and plywood. <laughs> we didn't know what to expect. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I ordered barbecue chicken, and I was expecting, you know, one or two little pieces. They brought me like a half a chicken. We were hungry and tired, and they fed us 
We ate like kings that night. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. <laughs> what a so tremendous compliment. It's not just a it's not just a, a physical food fix, it's a spiritual awakening when mm-hmm. you go down there. Hey Tony, thanks. Th- uh, thanks for the call. That you know, and that was the thing when we were talking with Brooke that I got the the vibe of. And you had mentioned the the whole experience of of the things on the wall and and the the blues that they have there and the regulars. So you know, when you have good food, that's part of it. But I think what really brings brings people back is when you have the ambiance and a place. It's an event to go out to eat, not just for the good food, but also where you're going. What he just said was it was a spiritual event, and what people don't understand, hospitality in and of itself is you're pouring in your love to another soul, Kevin, and for him to be able to have an experience 15 years ago and still talking about it, that means that that love is still working. And so I think, you know, whenever you're serving people anything, whether it's food or you're the person that's, you know, selling clothes, you know, at a store, be able to pour that kind of Southern hospitality. It's what keeps the world, you know, afloat. Got another phone call online. So it's uh, Cambry from Jackson. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Cambry. Good morning, Mother. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. It's a family I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, sweetie. about good barbecue. Let me tell you who makes some awesome uh, baked beans. This lady that you guys have on the radio this morning, Miss Deborah, throw <laughs> down. So you guys should get together and have a barbecue and invite us out. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby mama, really appreciate that. Say good morning to your mother. Good morning, Mother. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew that I was listening, and I'm so proud of you guys tremendously this morning. All right. I love you, girl. Thanks for calling in. All right. <laughs> Y'all be good. Oh, that's great. So three generations there. That's, uh, that's wonderful. So It really is, Kevin, and, and all of my girls cook, and I'm very <clears throat> proud of them for that. And then one of the things that I love about my daughters is she and her girlfriends will get together and cooking, you know, because there's this whole <laughs> conversation about young women really not cooking anymore. And so we're trying to create a revival of that, you know, so whether they're getting married or thinking about getting married or just single and want to hang out, you know, being able to cook and share food really is, and I love this term, I'm going to use it, it's a spiritual experience, so... Absolutely. Uh, and also, I think, uh, don't remember all the exact details, but if you're someone who is interested in barbecue, the, the when we had a barbecue show several weeks ago, uh, we had someone from the barbecue trail on. And so if you're looking for uh, places across the state where you might want to find some good barbecue, you can go online there. They've got a website that's got, I remember he was telling us about all the, the people that are on that, uh, on the on the, um, the the trail. And so always a, a great resource for trying to find some barbecue. And as we were talking about that day, you know, all parts of the state, you can find uh, good barbecue here in Mississippi. So I'm going to make you laugh. So, of, of course, you know, I mentioned my dear friend Patrick Bradley, and I said uh, nothing but butts. And just he, said, he just, yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't realize I said that. So I just get this text message in bold letters. It's nothing but, but smoke. smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's and if you want to uh, go back and listen to that show, you can always uh, go to <laughs> mpbonline.com backslash deep south dining. Uh, listen to that podcast. It was a great show. It was uh, Patrick Bradley and uh, and Jim Hatton That's from right. the uh, Mississippi uh, Barbecue Trail. Yeah. Nothing but butts. I think that's a gym that you were thinking of. So, and I, I, I heard that, but I was going to let it go. But Kevin, that is hilarious. Oh my god! Hey, we had uh, fun today talking about barbecue. That's going to wrap us up, though. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Sharita Brent. So for Deborah Hunter, Dakota, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. And that's followed by Southern Remedy at eleven. We'll be back next Monday at nine for another Deep South Dining that's heard only on MPB Think Radio.